some sort of low-class escort. (laughs) So, Andy, what you been up to, man? Happy New Year's. Have we done a show since New Year's? Yes. I can't remember. I think we did one, yeah. Um, But yeah, so all been good. I'm on holiday from work last week, but very busy. Like, uh, brother's been over from Australia, so seeing him. They're away back today, so... Nice. Back to back to the grind. Back to the grind tomorrow. And Shield comes back this week too. Hmm. Everything's coming back. Hmm. <laughs> I know. I've been busy. Yeah. I've been on holiday, but I, I've been so busy. <laughs> All right. So, Andy, uh, I know we have a little bit of news before we get into uh, the next two episodes of Luke Cage, but uh, where we want to start here. Yeah, there's there's a few bits and pieces of news. Uh, I, I came across a few bits and bobs while I was after I finished watching the episodes today as well. So I, I would definitely run through some of these. Uh, first of all, James James Gunn has uh, tweeted and he says that he has an idea for a Moon Knight movie that he wants to pitch to Marvel. Okay, I'm all for that. But he says he says he wishes he had the time. <laughs> but um, it obviously would be. It would be totally separate from the Guardians because yeah, he doesn't. He says he doesn't belong in the Guardians, so it would be totally separate, which would be good. Uh, it'd be interesting to see James Gunn do something different, like yeah. apart from Guardians, because he hasn't done anything else. So, totally agree with that. Um, yeah, Moon Knight is the one character I really want to see gets some type of uh, show. Um, do mm. I want a movie? I don't know. I kind I kind of want a Netflix show. Yeah, I'm kind of with you though. But a movie, I, I would take a movie. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, the only thing. All right, fine. Movie, TV show, whatever. I guess we aren't choosy. 
No. Uh, Vincent Nofrio has been speaking out about uh, him returning as uh, Kingpin. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't. He doesn't know when it's going to be yet, but he says he can't wait to do it. And apparently, he's been talking to James Gunn back and forth as well on Twitter <laughs> about doing something with him because he loves the Guardians of the Galaxy so much. Obviously, Kingpin isn't going to be in it because like that wouldn't make any sense. But he could easily cameo as uh, some kind of alien, which would be a fun cameo. Yeah, he could cameo or, you know, what's stopping him from, I mean, with makeup and everything. And he could, you know, he could be some alien crime boss or something to that effect. Hmm. Yep. As long as he's playing a different character, it's yeah. the same. He could be, he could be Drax's dad. Um, speaking dad. of, hmm. he could be Drax's dad, yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returning, um, we did get a promo for the, the new episode. I don't, know, I don't know if you saw this one. Kind of avoiding it. I've, see, I've, I've seen it briefly, but... Yeah, I mean, basically it just shows you kind of Ada going rogue. Mm. Ada going rogue. We kind of knew it was going to happen anyway, so... And interesting to see, though. Look, I look forward to seeing the show when it comes back and see how different it is compared to... The earlier half of the season. Two days. Two days. Two days. Not long to go. As to when... Um, okay. Well, <laughs> as to when we're doing the mm. episode on that one, well, uh, yeah, we're working on that. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be done sooner or later. Um, okay, so the first official synopsis is out for uh, Thor Ragnarok as well. Yeah, this I did not read. How... how so be very careful and don't be spoilery. Yeah, I mean, basically, it basically confirms the things that we've been talking about. With uh, it's gonna like have the unworthy Thor storyline, Planet Hulk, and uh, Asgard, Asgard's destruction involved in it somewhere. Unworthy, it's a bit pretty, Thor. pretty vague. See that that gets me worried. That well, not worried, but thinking that uh, they're gonna go. Uh, she Thor. Because isn't that? No, I think it's. Well, yes and no, but like the unworthy Thor thing they're talking about in this is basically that he's going to lose Mjolnir in some way and have to uh, go through the gladiatorial combat arena and end up fighting Hulk. Okay. To get to get it back, which is fine. Like that that kind of works and it gives you. That story plus the Planet Hulk story, and then they they'll team up once they decide not to fight anymore. <laughs> I'll be curious to how they explain that the Hulk is just there, because like last time we saw him, he was just floating about in a spaceship around Earth, which is not anywhere near close to Asgard. So it'll be interesting to see how how that all pans out. Yeah, I th- there's a lot of. There's a lot of splaining to do, I guess is the best way to put it. Because, yes, the mm. uh, Scar, the planet that uh, the gladiatorial... Co- and we're supposed to actually see Scar in this movie. So, uh, how did he get on a Quinjet and uh, fly to Scar? Yeah. Or end up on Scar, so you have that. Um, how does Thor get the scar uh and then you're throwing in ragnarok 
you have the Odin storyline, and you have probably uh, some type of conclusion to the Loki storyline. Hmm. It's a lot of stuff to uh, cram in a movie. Plus, you're throwing in Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think he'll be involved with uh, them trying to find Odin, though. And then maybe helping them out with some Infinity Gem knowledge. Maybe. Now he's supposed. I hear he has more of a role in there than we originally thought. Hmm. Yep. Yep. But yeah, interesting. Um, speaking of Doctor Strange, uh, Doctor Strange uh, obviously is now available to pre-order for a uh, DVD and Blu-ray, and they've come out and announced the uh, special features that you're going to be able to that are going to be on disc, and they also. They uh, have announced a steelbook, which actually looks very cool. It's uh, got the Eye of Agamotto on the front of it, and uh, it's only going to be available at Best Buy and uh, in America and Zavi in the UK. I'm not allowed to buy the solo movies. Maybe yeah, because you're going to buy the <laughs> the the phase yeah. phase three box when it comes out. <laughs> Might have to. Might have to um, exempt that one. Mm. So, um, speaking of the extras, uh, the extras that are going to be on it are the gag reel, the sorry, an intro, uh, uh, some something called the composition of reality. I assume that's a special effects documentary. Um, Marvel Studios Phase Three uh, sneak peek. Uh, Strange and Company cast and crew, Strange soundtrack, Strange transformation, stunts and visual effects, Team Thor Part 2, which obviously, if you remember Team Thor, it was him and his Australian roommate. It was that whole kind of joke video that they made. Mm -hmm. They've done a Part 2 to that, so it's going to be on the the Blu-ray for this. And uh, then obviously the additional deleted scenes. Um, There was a slight bit more about that as well. Uh, They did confirm the featurettes on it. Um, well, are going to be a strange transformation, which shows how the filmmakers adapted Doctor Strange, uh, Strange Company, which is the cast and crew talking about the filmmaking process, Fabric of Reality, which is behind the scenes of sets and costumes and production design, Across Space and Time, which is a look at the hours of the cast's fight and dance training. <laughs> so it's like your behind the scenes type stuff. Um, the Scorcer or Supreme. In an awesome pun, uh, which is the some of the live orchestral recording sessions with uh, the composer of the movie soundtrack, and finally the Marvel Studios Phase Three exclusive look, which has previews of upcoming MCU entries, including Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, and Avengers Infinity War. I'll be very interested to see what they're actually showing from those movies because, like, Avengers Infinity War hasn't even started shooting yet. I thought it did. So, well, it, it may have started shooting some bits and pieces, but we'll talk about another news story that they've definitely not started shooting in that particular location yet. But uh, it'll be—I think it will be just be concept art for that one, and they might show like behind-the-scenes stuff on Black Panther and Thor and Guardians. It's the usual. That will be like a five, ten-minute documentary about them. Um, also, in, in the deleted scenes, we have uh, Strange meets Daniel Drum. So he's gonna. There's gonna be an extended scene where he's gets to meet Daniel Drum, who's the brother of uh, Brother Voodoo. Yes. 
which is that'll be interesting to see that and to see his character fleshed out a little bit more. Uh, there's Caecilius Ky- searches for answers, uh, the Camartage Courtyard, Making Contact, and Lost in Kathmandu. Hmm. The other ones don't really sound very interesting, but the the brother, the uh, Diamond Drum one will be interesting to see. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Frank Grillo, who played Crossbones in Captain America, has come out and said that he's not interested in reprising his role anytime soon, even though Marvel apparently approached him to do something again with them as Crossbones, which I don't understand because Crossbones is dead. He blew up. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Crossbones blew up. Like, we don't need him again. Like, get new villains. He was a crap villain anyway. <laughs> I know in, in, the, in the comic books he killed Captain America. Or like, well, he pulled the trigger. He didn't actually kill her. Kill him. It was uh, Agent Thirteen in the comic books. It was brainwashed by I think it was Red Skull. But Crossbones like sniped him as well at the same time. But yeah, um, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. We don't need to see him back anyway, so it's not a big deal. No. It. Disney's put out some new logos, including one for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. This is the second logo revision for this movie already. Um, I liked the last one better. It was more colourful. This one's very grey, white, and red. Wh- which movie is this? Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... Okay. Um, so... Uh, back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. Um, been an interview with uh, Ming-Na Wen and... Uh, what's his name? Jason O'Mara. Mm-hmm. And apparently in the next few episodes we're going to find out uh, how the director Mace got his powers. I mean, we know that. He's an inhuman. Like, I don't... Like, okay. We're going to f- we're gonna find out his whole backstory. Um, and, uh, like, how he got where he is and whatnot. Because he did just kind of come out of nowhere and we hadn't really heard of him before. And also how he legitimizes Daisy is going to be revealed as well. I thought he'd kind of already done that, like by his like little mini press conference type thing that he did. Um, I guess I guess they're gonna go into more detail. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like maybe like give her some sort of legitimate task force, like out in the public eye, sort of thing. Don't know. Um, finally, uh, Ming Nawen has also said that uh, one of the main questions that needs to be answered is what is Radcliffe's motiv- motivation? Because he's the uh, apparently he's the taskmaster behind the whole scheme of changing May out for the LMD May, which I did not know. Hold it! Hold so apparently, that was his I- that was his idea. Try that again. Uh, Radcliffe was behind the scheme to replace May with the LMD May. Oh. Which I did not realise. Okay. And kind of puts a bit of a different spin on it. Yeah, it does. Hmm. Okay. So uh, we're definitely going to see more than one LMD as well. So we've got Ada and we've got the LMD May. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if there are any other LMDs implanted within Shield already. 
that we, I mean, they might have been in the LMD for a long time. We don't know. Like, he could have replaced Fitz quite easily. Because Fitz has been over at his house a number of times. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm I'm curious. Hmm. Yes. Um. Also, another member of cast has joined uh, Black Panther. Uh, Sterling K. Brown. Yes, I saw this. Has has joined the cast, and he is playing. Hold on. I don't think it actually tells me this article. No. Uh. Yes. Uh. In Jobu. Who Marvel describe. Marvel described as a figure from T'Challa's past. Okay, He's not so one. they're not giving any uh, big details. No. Okay. Uh, two final pieces. Two final pieces of news. Uh, first of all, it looks like uh, Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways are both going to begin shooting next month. Sweet. So I don't know. Like one of these was pitched to be. Like, not airing until next year, so that's quite early for them to start shooting. Well, the, maybe there's a lot of posts. Maybe we're getting a lot of CG. Mm. Yeah, I mean, certainly Cloak and Dagger would have a lot of CG in it. And that was the one that they said wouldn't be showing until late 2018. 2018, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. They've also, like, revealed the like the code names for them in this. Uh, so apparently, like, the, the, runaway, the, the Runaways is going to be called... Uh, Rugrats for its code name, <laughs> and Cloak and Dagger is going to be shot as Shadows. Okay. <laughs> Whilst uh, Black Panther is going to be referred to as Motherland while filming. All right. Okay. Uh, fi- final bit of news. Obviously, with the year now, well, 2016 now being over, we've got the final box office standings for uh for the year. All right. How do we do? Uh, yeah, yeah, not too bad for uh, for Captain America. Captain America uh, was the top grossing movie of last year with uh, one point one five billion dollars. One point one. Okay, one point one five. All right. Not yeah, bad. Quite a lot. As, puts it pretty high on the list. Yeah. So the the top ten uh, broke down as Suicide Squad at ten, Fantastic Beasts at nine, Deadpool at eight. Uh, Rogue One at 7 Batman v Superman at 6 Secret Life of Pets at 5 Jungle Book at 4 Zootopia at 3 Finding Dory at 2 and Captain America Civil War at number 1 Just curious uh, you said what Suicide Squad was 10? Yeah How much did that get? Uh, 745.6 million Okay so Doctor Strange did not break 700 yeah, so, I mean, it's not too much outside of that, though. No. No, it's just... But yeah, it's, 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 it's quite cool that uh, Captain America managed to beat out, like, Finding Dory, as, Finding Dory, Zootopia, and Jungle Book, and Secret Life of Pets, because those were massive movies for kids, like... Well, I, I, I see two, them as two different audiences, but beating Rogue One, I think, is the bigger mm. uh, coup. In this situation, mm. uh, Rogue One was actually very good. I did see it uh, this week. I was impressed. Uh, Civil War is definitely better than it, and also definitely better than uh, Batman v Superman. <laughs> oh yeah, well, 
<laughs> I actually <laughs> like, found that wasn't like Steelbook a uh, Suicide Squad. Okay, nice. So I do have both. I, I mean, I, and Allie, your co-host, has said that the mm. extended version of Batman v Superman is fills in all the holes and makes for a better movie. I know yep. he said that. I haven't watched it yet. But yeah, he I, did. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't sat down to watch a uh, to watch the extended cut. You know, I I watched it once. If um, if I have a free day and nothing better to do, uh, I guess I I could watch it. But right right now, um, I'm I'm still trying to get through Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's all. Oh no, sorry. I had one more piece of news that I'd sent to you earlier on. Um, and it's about Avengers Infinity War. Oh, yes. And, yeah, so uh, I've, I have found out uh, that Avengers Infinity War is going to be shooting some scenes in Scotland, of all yes. places. Uh, some some scenes are going to be shot in Edinburgh and some more up in the Highlands, which is kind of like up north, the sort of rural areas. So that'll be interesting to see what they shoot up there. Um, the last movie that that shot last kind of big movie that shot over here was uh world war z mm-hmm. don't know if you saw i don't know if you saw that one but like the, the whole kind of beginning sequence where they were in like a a major city where they were mm-hmm. when the, the outbreak started when they were in a car like that's all shot in glasgow mm-hmm. so it would be interesting to see uh what they what they do and uh what they choose to shoot um if they if they and, like that's kind of, it's kind of far away from me, but if I hear of any uh, of them going to be about anywhere, I will try and go along and have a look. Certainly at some of the sets and stuff like that, it'd be interesting to see. That'd be so cool, dude. Hmm. I can't see me getting an interview with Chris Evans or anything like that, but <laughs> I'll meet me. I'm sure Ali will go on a road trip with me, and uh, we'll go. We'll go and investigate. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'll keep I'll keep you abreast of of what's happening with that. Yeah, I want I want on the on the scene uh, reporting. Fa- live, yep. <laughs> Facebook, live Facebook uh, post from uh, yeah. a set of Avengers. <laughs> I'll be one of these people sharing all the bloody images. <laughs> Marvel. But yeah, that's it. Uh, that's Marvel all sending us cease and desist orders and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, all right. Um, you know, I think you saw. I, I I thought I sent a link or two to some news, but I don't see it in our Facebook thing. So I don't know what the hell happened to it, but I think you hit all the high notes anyway. So mm. we'll move on to um, episodes five and six of Luke Cage. Yeah, so season one, episode five, first of all, was called "Just to Get a Rep." I I, I don't want to mention these these episode titles because I don't like them. <laughs> they're all based off of like these songs. I, I forget the the band that did them, but they're all based off of like the same band's mm-hmm. song titles, and they they don't seem to really like have any relevance to what's going on in the in the episodes. So they're just like, ah, that one that one's close enough. Let's go for it. But no, not not enjoying them. I rather they just gave them an actual proper title. Agreed. So uh, this episode, uh, this episode had an amazing song in it at the beginning. 
Uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it's called, but it's like, I, I think it's called "Long Live the King." That would and it's like a. Right. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it would be called, but it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, this song, this song's playing while Cottonmouth's watching on, and there's a kind of montage of bits and pieces going on where you see Luke Cage clearing the rubble at the restaurant, uh, and obviously of his apartment as well. Um, he gets Pop's swear jar back, which was obviously in his apartment. Um, and he's looking through for like his personal belongings, but he doesn't find the main thing he's looking for, which is the photo of uh, of Reva that he had in his, uh, I think it was in his bathroom cabinet. But uh, Misty does show up just after he leaves and, and finds it in amongst the rubble. Uh, we also see Claire Temple arriving off a train uh, in Harlem and immediately getting mugged. <laughs> But she chases the thief down and then beats him up with her bag. And we see Cottonmouth meeting with all his sort of chief goons. Uh, we find out from his accountant that he's completely broke because he lost all his money from the, the Fort Knox incident the other week. So with Luke Cage basically stealing all his money. Uh, one of his guys, Coco, says that, well, maybe they should just leave Luke Cage alone. And Cottonmouth just shoots him in the head. Like... <laughs> Nope. <laughs> B nine in indifference. Yeah. <laughs> B nine indifference because he'd been reading some some book. B nine. No. B nine. Not B nine. B nine. So yeah, he sends all his guys out to try and recoup some money uh, and tells them to basically collect the Luke Cage stupidity tax, which is the best tax name ever. I wouldn't mind paying that tax. Look, Cage, Betty, that's cool. I'll pay that. Uh, and he also gets uh, one of his goons, Zip, to call someone called Mr. Spurlock because they need his services. Uh, I don't know who Mr. Spurlock is, and we didn't find out who he was in this episode or the next one. So yes, it's obviously something that's going to. Episode six, <laughs> they explain who Spurlock is, and we've actually did meet him before. Mm, okay, who was it? Spurlock is the the funeral home director. Okay, what did they need him for? To take care of the bodies. Did one anybody didn't really kill anyone? Yeah, he did. He killed the he killed the guy with the benign indifference. Oh, okay, right, okay, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were killing. You know, I thought they were killing. Uh, they were they were they were talking about pulling in somebody to try and deal with Luke. Okay, right, I got it. So uh, we we see in amongst us like Cottonmouth guys all kind of going and raiding various places and getting money and cars and uh, tablets and things for them, motorbikes and and whatnot. Um, and we see one of the guys uh, Zip smashing up a memorabilia shop that a girl called Aisha runs, and mm -hmm. they take her father's championship ring. Uh, now over at the over the barber shop, uh, a guy called Dapper Dan. This guy is amazing. Who wears a gold suit? <laughs> like no one can pull off a gold suit except this guy. This guy can wear a gold suit and not look ridiculous in it. I might be able to. Uh, but he's a got. Gold suit. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like, uh, do you have a gold suit? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I I certainly could not pull off a gold suit. I would look ridiculous in a gold suit. Um. But yeah, so he's got a suit to wear for Luke to wear to, pop, uh, to Pop's funeral. 
Uh, he's he's apparently some kind of like major designer guy. I, I don't know if he's if he's like a real character or if he's from the, the comic books or whatnot. But uh, they mentioned that he had done uh, tailoring and stuff for Mike Tyson, uh, and he says that Mike Tyson is a nice guy. I, I've never met Mike Tyson, so I can't say whether or not he is. Did bite off a man's ear though, so. I don't think he is that nice of a guy. No, probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, so we then see... Uh, now, what's, what's the guy's name? Again, the chess guy. Bobby. Bobby, Bobby right. So we see... Yeah, Bobby Fish. Okay. I keep forgetting his name. Like, they don't say his name enough. Because look, he just calls him man all the time. Hey, man. Well, well, tell me his name. We knew his name. We we had found out that his name was Bobby, but uh, mm-hmm. what I found interesting was it um, that his last name was Fish, mm. which uh, one of the famous uh, one of the famous uh, chess players. Mm was Bobby Fischer. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. So, a little information for you on Long Live the Chief. Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, it is not, as far as I can tell, on the Luke Cage soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And it's called Long Live the Chief, not Long Live the King. It's, okay. by, it's by Jadena, J-I-D-E-N-N-A. Mm-hmm. And let's, uh, uh, that's about all I think you really need to know about it. Um, but yeah, it's not uh, it's it's uh, not on the Luke Cage soundtrack. If you mm-hmm. if you search it on Amazon, it comes up. The Luke Cage soundtrack comes up, but mm-hmm. it is not on there. Because I own the, the, the one of the things that, about uh, Luke Cage that you know we've we've talked about the music a few times because it really uh, the the bands that play at the club are phenomenal. Yep. I mean, there's yep, you know the performances there are spectacular. The problem is none of that shit shows up on the soundtrack. Oh, okay. That's about wheels. Um, it's all the instrumental crap, um, and there and there's nothing wrong with the instrumental crap, but there's 51 songs on. Uh, you know, some of them are 19 seconds long, but um, 51. 51 wow. tracks. And I would say I'm trying to see if I can get get a accurate quote here, or an accurate number. 45 of them are instrumentals. Uh, by Adrian Young and Ali Shahid Muhammad. Hmm. Okay. The only ones that show up are Raphael Sadiq, who did uh, was on the first episode. Um, mm-hmm. Mesmerized by Faith Evans. Ain't It a Sin by Charles Bradley. Uh, Stop and Look by Adrian Young and the Delphonics. Uh, and a hundred days, a hundred nights by Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. 
the mm. rest are all instrumentals. So, yeah, I was because um, I like that song too. So, but it's called "Long Live the Chief" and it's by Jadena. Hmm. Okay. So, hey, apparently the uh, the guy Dapper Dan is a real life Harlem Taylor. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. Either. That's pretty cool. Nice. Um, so uh, Bobby Bobby Fish uh, says that he's uh, he's trying to put together his toughest move uh, since the uh, Black Redeemer Gambit, which I think is this a chess move? I would assume so. Yeah. So basically, he's trying to uh, make sure that all uh, everybody can get a a seat at Pop's funeral and not have to interact with people that they don't like or know about. So apparently Pop had three different ladies on the go. <laughs> yeah, that that was uh that was uh amusing. Yes. Uh I I don't uh, Black Redeemer is, is not a chess name, I don't think. No, I'm not finding it on go chess opening, the Black Redeemer gambit. No. Oh, oh right. Demir. You're spelling it you gotta spell it right. D I E M E R. Uh, okay, okay. Okay. The Black De- Demir Gambit is one of the most ambitious attempts for white to gain a developmental advantage. I'm not going to... This is a lo- uh, This is too long to read, but it's, yes, it is an actual... <laughs> so Black Demir is not ready, Murray, okay. Yeah. So uh, the, the lady Aisha comes in and demands that Luke get her dad's ring back for her, and uh, he also, she also tells him to don't, well, to not be a punk and just stand by. And then everybody comes to Luke with their problems, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, I, I'm on it. I'm gonna fix it all." Uh, we see Luke getting a guy's Les Paul back. It's a guitar, and he gets a stripper's tips back. I I, I did say tips there, so her her bonuses. <laughs> Um, I, I think she's a stripper. It looked like a strip club that she walked in. Uh, whilst this is happening, Aisha shot a guy that was with Zip, and her friend comes up to look and tells him to hurry up and get the ring back. This lady is incredibly impatient. Looks has been on the case for about 20 minutes, and she's already out like shooting people because he's not found her, her, this ring yet. Like, Give him a minute to sort it. <laughs> Uh, at this point, Misty and uh, Scarf bump into Luke and, uh, at the crime scene. And Misty, we see that Misty has Luke's photo of Rava from the restaurant explosion, but won't give it back to him because it's evidence. Uh, she also tells him not to go to Pop's memorial. Misty's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, she is a bit of a bitch. Because, I mean, like if somebody told her not to go to Pop's memorial, she's going to tell them to fuck off, and she's going to go anyway. Um, so over at the club, she would, she just tells Cottonmouth to basically let the whole Luke Cage thing go and sell the club, uh, and he's not going to do that. And at this point, Luke comes to visit Cottonmouth. Uh, four guys try to beat him up and shoot him, which obviously doesn't work. And Shades recognizes him at this point uh, when he's fighting as being Carl Lucas, the guy he was in prison with before. Obviously, looks a bit different, but. Uh, it's definitely the same guy. Uh, we then see Claire meeting with her mum. Basically, she says that she wants uh, 
Claire wants to help people with abilities. That's what, what she thinks her path should be. And her mum mentions like aliens coming down and silver hammers and green monsters, which is obviously nods to the incident, uh, Thor and Incredible Hulk. Now, at the club, Shades has an interesting uh, mantra that, that he learned from Diamondback, that there's a bullet for everyone. <laughs> Uh, and and I, I remember like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Black Adder Chip. Who? Black Adder. Black Adder. Yes. Black Adder. Yeah, I've run across. So it's a it's it's a comedy show, like a British comedy show, and they they oh, did one okay. called Black Adder's Black Black Adder Goes Forth, and it's uh, Rowan Atkinson's in it. They also played Mister Bean, and in this, uh, his companion, a guy called Baldrick, uh, says that oh he's heard this expression that. There's a bullet out there with ever with your name on it. So what he does is he writes his name on the end of a bullet and keeps it with him at all times, so that he never ever meets that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I might be, I might start doing that. Yeah, <laughs> but it is worth noting that Baldrick is a fool. <laughs> but I, I thought I thought it was quite funny, and that's it just reminded me of that. But uh, what Shades is really referring to here is that he shows uh, Cottonmouth a video of this guy getting shot while he's wearing a Kevlar vest. Um, some guy, like, shoots him, and the bullet just, like, hits in the Kevlar. And Cottonmouth's like, well, that's crap. It's just, yeah. And then a few seconds later, the bullet sort of explodes like an incendiary around and rips the guy in half, essentially. And uh, Cottonmouth is like, wow, that is amazing. Give me it now. But it's very expensive. He can't afford it. Uh, basically, this thing uh, was a Justin Hammer prototype, which has been nicknamed the Judas. <laughs> and it's been made from metal that's not from this earth. So probably Chitauri metal from, from the incident of some sort. That's what they're thinking, yes. Yeah, and I don't like how they're tying these things in, because I didn't expect... Like Luke Cage, to be honest, to deal with any of this shit at all. Like I thought they would, they might mention it once and then just forget about it. But the fact that they've used like Justin Hammer stuff in here, the guns has been very prevalent in in here. Because yeah, I mean, we know that Justin Hammer made good weapons, mm-hmm. and the Tony Stark was obviously out of the weapons game, and so you wouldn't be able to get Stark weapons anymore. But ha- Hammer Tech is still kicking about out there. Um, so it's good that it has stuff in there, and also like the, the reference and stuff to do with the incident, which is definitely something that Justin Hammer would have been digging into. Yep. Um, or, or obviously his company anyway, because uh, as far as we're aware, he's in prison at the moment, and certainly at the time of, uh, at the time of Avengers One, he, he would have been in prison because he got put in prison at the end of Iron Man Two, which is before Avengers One happened. So uh, basically, Shade says to uh, Cottonmouth that he will need to pay for the bullets, which are incredibly expensive, or ask Diamondback to handle Luke Cage for him, because uh, Diamondback won't front him the money to buy the uh, to buy the bullets himself. Uh, because if he was to do him like a favor like that, he would just take Harlem away from him. But Cottonmouth has a plan. He says he's going to sort it out. Uh, we find out that Lieutenant, uh, sorry, Detective Scarf is under investigation from the I- IAB, and Luke does manage to find Zip and get Aisha's ring back. Uh, Scarf and some other cop discuss getting Cottonmouth's guns back. And this guy, I think his name is, I think it's Lieutenant Perez. He's one of the higher ups, yep. but he doesn't seem to be as 
as deep in Cotton Rice's pocket as what Scarf is. Like Scarf is, seems to be his go-to. Um, so basically, they're going to manage to get the guns out of lockup by basically doing a fake disposal of the guns uh, using another guy that's on Cottonmouth's payroll. So there seems to be quite a few in this police department that are uh, under his thumb. Uh, Luke goes to Aisha's shop to give her her ring back. Uh, her dad's there and he's drinking, and he doesn't he doesn't give him the ring back because I mean this is a kind of weird scene that I don't know necessarily needs to be included. They could have skipped this one out, but uh, I, I don't know. It was kind of like, look, mm, on you go. Go ahead. Well, I think um, I just had, you know, it just had to. Was it a needed scene? Yes and no. I think it shows that you know Luke's trying to help people, but some people just don't even want to help themselves. And yeah, because like he, like he he tried to sort of he took his beer off him. Uh, and he's like, put the beer down, man. Um, but he didn't like crush the can or anything like that. He didn't throw it away. He just he left it sitting there. And then like as soon as like Luke's going to leave, he's, the guy's like picking the beer back up. And looks like Ugh. whether or not the guy goes clean after what what, what he said to him or whatnot. Like because he basically told him he needs to change. Um, who knows? But I, I didn't I didn't feel that scene was really necessary. Um. So. Yeah, so we look. Then goes back to the barber shop, and we see that his shirt is ruined because he's been shot several times earlier on in the day, as you, as you do if you look cage. Uh, and then we get the whole uh, pop funeral scene, which I thought was actually really, really cool and really well done. They did a good job. Uh, of it, yes. Yeah, just like at the start of it, like we see Cottonmouth texting uh, to Scarf, and we see that he's called Charlie Mac on uh, <laughs> on uh, Scarf's phone. I thought it was funny. Okay, yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, C C M, but it's like a generic. That's kind of a generic white man name, mm-hmm. and it's obviously it stands for Cottonmouth. Um, and basically, he's asking if uh, they've got the merchandise. And Scarf kind of hesitates to text him back, which I thought was a bit weird. So he's obviously planning something. Uh, Luke arrives at the funeral and stops Aisha from pulling her gun on Cottonmouth. And she crushes, uh, sorry, he crushes her gun inside her handbag. Now, he didn't stop to, like, think about what else was in her handbag. <laughs> like her phone or, or like, expensive jewellery or sunglasses or anything. Just, like, crushes the whole thing. Like, no, 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 you're not doing this. He, Everything is broken. At least he, he, at least he asked her to take her hand out of her bag before he crushed it. Yeah, he didn't crush her hand, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we see Pop's uh, son know, giving a speech. Whatever else is in there, hey, she's the one bringing the gun to a funeral. Mm, yeah, which is something you don't do, especially yeah. for somebody like that's respected from all sides of the community, like Pop. Uh, I don't think he would have appreciated that at all. No. Um, so we see Pop's son giving a speech, and this is he kind of mentioned like they had a son, and that his his wife had basically left him when he was in prison, and that she they'd never been back in touch since then. So it was. It's kind of interesting to see that his son like still turned out to his funeral and whatnot, and uh, it was kind of regretful that he'd not managed to like make back up with his dad before before he died. Which he could have done because I mean he's like the guy's a grown ass man, like it's not like he's he's a young boy or anything anymore. Family but his mum's probably Andy. Families, families have well, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But I mean, it's like it depends how like how his mum 
had presented the whole thing to him when he was when he was a kid and whatnot. So, but uh, he's it's obvious to him that like Pop was able to help a lot of people and like he he basically said that he wanted to be able to do the same thing for his son, which was nice. Um, we then see uh, Cottonmouth giving a speech and basically kind of ends with uh, getting basically trying to get Harlan behind him and he gets like a round of applause, which it seems like it would be a tough act to follow. But then Luke gives a speech and he talks about like what what Pop did for the the community and about like how they had the swear jar and how uh, he always had his guys that were working for him wearing a uniform because it was important for the kids in the neighborhood to see a man doing work in a uniform. Uh, he also mentions that uh, Pop saw the sort of shine in everyone and he believes in the people who make Harlem what it is. And he gets a big standing ovation uh, and he gives Aisha her ring back. Um, Misty confronts Luke after the funeral and Luke says that he's going nowhere. And he's going to basically fix the whole problem with Cottonmouth. Yep. So that's the end of that one. Yeah. Um, I want to just move on straight on to the next one and yep. we can talk about them both as a kind of... Yeah, I think that's the way to go with this. Yeah. So season one, episode... Six, which was called Suckers Need Bodyguards. Uh, slightly related to the uh, episode, at least. Because Luke Cage kind of acts a little bit like a bodyguard in this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so th- this actually started off really interestingly because we uh, we didn't see it, but we heard like over the radio uh, an episode of Trish Talk being aired. Yes. So Trish Talk is obviously... Uh, Trish from Jessica Jones it's her radio show that she does um, and she was getting people to call in about Luke Cage and uh, people were some some of them supporting him and saying that what he did was good and some saying that oh it's not so good because uh, it's causing problems but I thought it was a really nice touch to and a bit of world building and something I did not not expect at all no, that was a surprise, and my wife was curious or was wasn't sure if it was actually uh, Trish. That yep, uh, definitely was. They don't list her. Yeah, I mean it's un- definitely uncredited, but a hundred percent was. I, I forget the the actress's name, Rachel. Rachel, I want to say. I forget, but it was it was definitely. Uh, it was definitely her. Definitely the same actress. Because, uh, I mean, to doing something like that, it's the same as, like, us recording a piece and then sending it to somebody. I'm sure she has a recording booth she can go to and just knock something out. But, yeah, it was a nice touch, nice touch, nice flavour. Um, okay, so, uh, we then see Cottonmouth meeting up with Scarf to conduct their deal for the guns. Uh, but Scarf wants 100,000 more. Uh, Cottonmouth basically laughs at him, punches him, takes his gun, shoots him, and then leaves. <laughs> Doesn't kill him. Shoots him like a couple of times in the leg and once in the, the abdomen. But leaves him in, in a bad way and shoots up his car a little bit as well. Um, the guns are like in a, basically in a warehouse that's there kind of next to, next to where they're meeting. Uh, we see then Luke visiting Mariah, and he tells her that he'll shut her and her cousin down. And we see, I don't know if you've noticed this before, but we see that he was wearing uh, Beats in-ear headphones. 
No, I did not pick up on that. Yeah, so he's wearing Beats, but a bit of product placement there. And uh, Beats are not great headphones, by the way. <laughs> like, there's much, much better ones out there that you could get. <laughs> Beats are uh, uh, like Apple. You pay a lot of what you're paying for is the brand name. So get a better brand. Um, not that they're bad headphones, but they're just they're not worth the sort of money that you pay for them. Uh, we then see him having lunch with Bobby Fish, who suggests that he might like to be a hero for hire. Um, and his catchphrase could be, "I ain't no hero. I ain't no hero. Pay me," <laughs> which is an excellent catchphrase. Uh, and Bobby tells him that you could market that sort of shit. So, like, and they're kind of talking about like getting pops reopened and stuff like that. And it kind of seems to me like they're they're pushing it down the lines of having that barber shop open as like looks look cages heroes uh, hero for hire office, which would be an interesting way to go. Doesn't it kind of look like uh, the hero for hire uh, headquarters or the new Avengers or whatever he had going? Um, in the comics. Yeah, I mean, I remember them meeting in like it was like an abandoned penthouse of some kind. I think it was Danny Rand had got it for them. I I, re- I remember reading a couple of issues, and I think it was in the uh one of the in the Inhumanity storyline or something, and it seemed like a storefront, like what sort of like a you know a walk down storefront in Harlem. It could very well be. Um, I, I know in the the New Avengers storyline when the New Avengers like first started up, um, they they were definitely meeting in like a penthouse that Danny Danny Rand owned through a shell corporation off the books. Okay. And they do because they were kind of keeping Taylor. keeping it all secret. Ah, they do ch- uh, credit yep. Rachel Taylor as showing up for an episode of uh, Luke Cage. Yeah, nice. De- definitely are. Um, we find out that Cottonmouth guys are away, are away picking up the guns and uh, Mariah suggests some interesting ideas on how to deal with Luke Cage that Cottonmouth hasn't thought of before because we know that he's bulletproof so you can't kill him with guns you can't kill him with a rocket, you can't kill him with a, a little pea shooter um, you can't kill him by dropping a building on top of his head so Mariah's like well have you tried burning him or poisoning him or maybe drowning him. Or if none of those work, then find his weakness and squeeze it. Like, he, he must have a girlfriend or somebody that he cares about. Squeeze it. Like, okay. <laughs> Mariah, badass. <laughs> yeah, uh, finally, a clear... She's nasty. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we see Claire bumping into look at the diner. Uh, Bobby Fish... Tells her that she is far too beautiful to apologize for anything ever, <laughs> and and then leaves. And uh, Claire tells Luke not to hide who he is. Um, but it's funny because Luke doesn't recognize her at first. He's like, uh, "Who are you? And like, are you someone I've slept with or someone who saved my life? I don't recognize you at all." <laughs> but once he realizes, he's like, oh, "Okay, yeah, you're you're that girl, right? Okay." Uh, so Misty's captain then uh, grills her and tells her, and per- the guy Perez, who we know is on the take from Cottonmouth, uh, to bring, uh, oh, what's his name? 
to bring <laughs> the other cop in. I've, I've lost his name. Scarf, um, Scarf. Scarf, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to bring Scarf in. Um, but when Luke and Claire get to Pop's barbershop, Scarf is actually there because uh, he's basically went on the run and he's he's bleeding pretty badly because he's really badly injured. And he's went there because Luke doesn't trust the cops, so he's probably the only person who wouldn't kill him as soon as they saw him. <laughs> So uh, Claire patches Scarf up and in one of the new barbershop chairs that uh, that Bobby's just bought. And he's not going to be happy. No. Uh, whilst whilst uh, Misty and Perez investigate Scarf's, Scarf's residence and she does a bit of her Batmaning investigationing <laughs> where she puts together a scene of him sitting, having a beer, watching the TV. <laughs> like, wow, some great pearls of deduction there. <laughs> Uh, we also find out a bit interesting little bit of backstory about Scarf that uh, his son shot and killed himself with Scarf's gun when Scarf had forgotten to lock it up one night. Uh, now I assume he was quite young when this happened because there's like a photo of him when he's quite young and he's clearly like a single man. So this has obviously led to you would assume the breakup of whatever relationship it was that he had with the, the boy's mother as well. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, uh, well, Scarf seems like a bit of a wisecracker at times. He has a bit of like in depth and Missy says that he makes jokes all the time but you never really see him smiling which is kind of true now uh, Scarf tells Luke that he killed Chico and Luke chokes him a little bit but doesn't kill him because Luke is not a killer and Scarf then offers to help them put Cottonmouth behind bars for the rest of his life and reveals that he has notes at his house with uh, details of the morgue cover-ups and the murder investigations that he covered up for Cottonmouth, uh, as well as the name of every cop on Cottonmouth's payroll. Uh, so Luke uh, goes over to Scarf's place and breaks the door open and finds Scarf's hidden notes and then leaves out the window. This is like, I don't know, a third, fourth floor apartment. And he just jumps out the window and leaves a massive dent in the pavement. <laughs> uh, like wh- while he's doing that, Misty and Perez have been scoping out the place, and Perez keeps insisting that they leave. Like, oh, he's not coming back here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I assume because he wanted to send somebody in to break into the place and scope it out fully, but Luke managed to sneak past them because they weren't looking very hard, to be honest. Because <laughs> uh, they could have just sat in his apartment and waited. Like, that would have been the sensible thing to do. Um, maybe. Um, I, well, Perez, obviously Perez is trying to, uh, uh, distract her, take take her in the wrong (coughs) direction. So, you know, and, uh, mislead her. Hmm. But yeah, so Luke did manage to find Scar- Scarf's notes, and uh, and the and Misty and Perez did like try to pursue him because Misty noticed that the door had been broken open. Mm-hmm. Perez is like, "Well, yeah, we need to go and have a look." But uh, when when they get in there, uh, Luke's gone, and I I think they realised that it was Luke though, because <laughs> the big dent and the it was, it was clearly like a big man wearing a hoodie. 
So Missy's like, yep, that's the guy. Let's look Cage again. Uh, so Elliot gets back to the barber shop, and Claire's mum has come over and dropped off her van so that they can uh, so they can escape. And Claire's mum tells Luke that uh, she'll kill him if Claire gets hurt. It doesn't matter how bulletproof he is. <laughs> that was excellent. Uh, she'll find a way. It doesn't matter. And then Luke, Claire, and Scarf uh, decide to head to the police headquarters to hand him over to the DA. Uh, Cottonmouth calls Perez at this point, and uh, Cottonmouth basically needs Scarf dead, so he doesn't talk. Um, and Perez and Misty get to the the barbershop and investigate, and all they manage to find out is that there was a green. There was people were seen leaving in a green van with a, a sixty-nine on the plate. Uh, so Perez tells this to Cottonmouth, uh, and Cottonmouth then puts out the field still his goons. Uh, that they're in this van, this green van with a 69 plate, and that uh, there's a 100k in it for anybody that can uh, bring Scarf to him dead. Because he needs him dead, like, and off the streets now before he spills the beans. Uh, one of Cottonmouth's guys finds the van and it starts shooting at them. So they kind of manage to escape and stash the van and then look, bust a hole in a wall and they, and they climb through it. Uh, Misty, meanwhile, fakes a call because her and Perez are just kind of waiting uh, out and about to see what's happening so that they're ready to go. Uh, once Scarf gets uh, gets located, they can go and try and bring him in. So they get uh, they get a like, uh, notice over the sort of radio that there's been shots fired nearby. So they decide, Missy's like, yep, let's go. Sticks the siren on. And Perez is like, no, no, that's okay. You don't want to see this. Just leave it. And Misty's obviously starts to get a bit suspicious and put one and one together and make two and realise that Perez is dirty. So she phones, uh, she makes a fake phone call where it, she makes it look like someone's told her that Perez is dirty. And then she comes out and ask, basically asks him about it straight up. And he's like, no, no, I'm not as dirty as Scarf. <laughs> uh, although I was paid, I wasn't paid as much as him, like that sort of thing. And uh, then she like sort of turns the phone around on him and be like, yeah, I was recording that. Like, you're under arrest. <laughs> Sneaky Misty, but well done. Uh, so then she does manage to arrest him, even though he tries to fight back. Um, we see um, Mariah having an interview at her house, in which the, the interviewer asks her which Harlem she is, if she's the uh, the nice rising from the phoenix, uh, rising from the ashes phoenix type Harlem, or if she is the corrupt old Harlem like her grandmother, uh, Mabel Stokes, or uh, her brother-in-law, Pistol Pete Stokes, who I, I think it was them that actually brought her up and uh, left her and Cottonmouth the, the nightclub. Yes. Uh, the interviewer also asks her about the Crispus Attics incident and and how like she was involved and there was all this money there and that these people that were beaten up there were on her payroll. And uh, the questions are starting to get a bit too intense for Mariah, so she ends the interview and kicks the lady out. Uh, Luke stops three guys shooting at them as uh, Claire and Scarf head to one police plaza. So they're sort of trying to escape from these guys that are trying to kill Scarf, basically. Um, and they're almost there uh, when a car tries to run over Claire and Scarf, but Luke manages to stop it. And we've seen that in the trailer, though, 
where this car's coming right at them and then Luke just steps in and takes it. Yeah. <laughs> and like just leaves a big dent where the car used to be, basically. A massive dent in the front uh the front bonnet. <laughs> this is a little uh the bonnet chip. Hmm? The bonnet. <laughs> bonnet? Oh bonnet. You mean trunk. <laughs> Uh, no, no, the front bonnet. Oh, the front bonnet. That's the hood. <laughs> the hood. There you the go. Hood. <laughs> I couldn't remember the American term for it. Bonnet. <laughs> but I, I thought this was kind of cheesy, the way, you know, for effects, mm. because, you know, they kind of show the car coming at them. They show Claire bracing for impact, they, and then cut away to um, Perez and Misty, and the... And then they come back, and there's Luke with kind of a car wrapped around him. Mm-hmm. Yep, they cheapened out on that one a little bit, I think. Yeah, I thought they went a little, they skimped a little. I think what they did was they like took a car, crashed it into a big post, mm-hmm. and then like sat it in front of Luke and went, "Okay, you go in there." Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and we don't need to shoot a car hitting you and have to CG it somehow. But I mean, it kind of still works. Like you get the you get the effect. Yeah, it worked, but it's still cheap. Yeah, that's all. Um, however, yeah, uh, and Misty then shows up at this point and sees like this car having just been stopped by Luke. She's like, "Okay, what the fuck?" And then she's like, she sees Scarf being shot to bits, being carried by Claire, who she doesn't know. Um, and Scarf then basically dies in her arms. Because he, they were trying to get him hospital treatment and he, he wasn't wanting it. And uh, whilst uh, Claire was able to help him out a bit and like take out one of the bullets from him, she couldn't remove the bullet from his uh, abdomen, which probably penetrated his spleen or his kidney and he would have been definitely bleeding internally. So he unfortunately died in her arms before he was able to give any real like testimony or anything like that. However, he, he did have the notes, so... It's something to go on, at least. Uh, Misty then goes over and arrests Cottonmouth at the nightclub, which she seems incredibly happy and smug about, to finally be, get, be getting this guy off the streets. And just before the interviewer leaves Mariah's place, because obviously they had to pack up all their gear and stuff, uh, she tells Mariah that Cottonmouth has been arrested for uh, for the mother of, of Scarf. And she's like, get out of my house, shit, shit, what do I do? Because uh, she's a, a bit worried about what's going to be, what's going to happen to her, and what the fallout's going to be for her out of all this. Because she's obviously quite involved with the club and whatnot. Uh, she, she doesn't give them a comment though. Um, and then in the sort of wrap up to this episode, Luke asks Claire to go for coffee, and she's like, "I'm not sleeping with you." <laughs> so she she knows Luke's game because he didn't touch his coffee at the diner at all. So she knows that he does not drink coffee. <laughs> so, so, but here's my question: mm-hmm. If he doesn't drink coffee, and he's at the mm-hmm. diner with Bobby Fish, mm-hmm. who ordered the coffee for him? Why would he order coffee if he's not going to drink it and just drink the orange well, juice? Well, 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 in, in having coffee and there's having coffee, I understand that. <laughs> well, the the thing is, I. I, I do kind of get where it comes from with, with that because a lot of the time over here when you get a full breakfast like you'll get toast, bacon, eggs, beans, sausage, mm-hmm. 
uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, and then you'll also get an orange juice and a coffee, just as part of the as part of it. It's the kind of wake up. Usually, they would ask if you want the coffee or not. They don't just usually they would ask, but this diner might just give it to you automatically. No, no, no. no. Just not. I, I'm not buying it. <laughs> but yeah, maybe it just comes with it, and he just didn't want to drink it. Or maybe he, he I don't know, maybe he ordered it by accident. <laughs> or maybe Bobby ordered it for them before Luke got there. That's probably more plausible. But Bobby would know that Luke doesn't drink coffee. Quite possibly. Maybe he's trying to get him to start. Because they're having, they're having a business meeting, kind of, there. About the future of Pops. Not buying I don't know. But anyway, there certainly was a coffee there, and he did not drink it. So that's Luke's problem to work out. Like, Claire's observantness is definitely true. So uh, we then see the uh, the police chiefs uh, and the precinct. So this is the people that are above Misty and above Misty's boss, even. Uh, basically, these people are afraid to take the whole case with Cottonmouth further because of the headlines that it will bring about corrupt cops after what had happened with Fisk. So, it, I, I, like, it seemed like it wrapped up and, like, we were getting this sort of light moment at the end and then the uh, police captain comes out and tells Misty all about this, that the police chiefs basically want to sweep this whole thing under the rug and make it go away as quickly as possible. Um, so it was a real downer to end on this episode. I was like, ah, what? <laughs> Why are they doing this? Um because all the work that they've just done and like getting scarf and getting notes and stuff like that has kind of been for nothing. Yeah, but you 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 still have you know you're only into episode six. You have another seven to go. Yeah, I I thought it was quite interesting that they were like trying to wrap up the uh, Cottonmouth storyline here, but then obviously. This end and this end of the episode here was like, yeah, no, he's not not done yet, because uh, he's obviously going to get let back out now. Mm-hmm. The police chiefs are just going to kind of deal with all the things internally, get rid of the the dirty cops, I would assume, uh, pay them off in in some way, like just get them off the force so they're not involved anymore, and kind of hush hush cover up on uh, on the on his murder, probably explain it away as a. Uh, an accident of some kind, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's police corruption. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, but like, like it's interesting that they they obviously like looked at what happened with Wilson Fisk before because he had so many cops in his pocket uh, that they've wanted to kind of go. Yeah, we don't want people to lose uh, faith in the police again. So let's just like sweep this one under the rug. Um, deal with it in house discipline these people get rid of them uh, and then let's move on fresh and but that will mean that cottonmouth gets back out and he doesn't get prosecuted for uh, scarf's mother which is bullshit yes <laughs> which i think is everybody's problem so but yeah uh what did you think of the episodes I really like these ones. Like uh, I think I mentioned last week that I did not like the second episode of last week. Is the one with the Cole the Carl origin. Lucas thing? I think right. the origin story. I hated that. But these two episodes, 
excellent, fantastic, back on track. Really, really enjoyed them. Yeah, I, I like where it's going, and I like the slow build-up. I mean, this mm. has to end with, uh, if not actually, oh, and I haven't seen the last, uh, well, I've actually seen episode seven, but um, I haven't seen the end of the series, uh, this season yet, but you would assume that this all leads into, uh, if not actually opening up as heroes for hire that they're damn close to doing it i mean there's been Mm. you know every episode or so there seems to be another step towards that Mm. so Mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm very intrigued to see where we end up at the end of the season yeah me too because i still haven't watched the end of the season yet like uh i've just decided that I, i think i got to like episode 10 or 11 something like that and now that we're watching back through it again it's all fresh in my mind so i'm gonna i'll just hang fire on on watching those last two episodes until we actually get to them so um yeah really enjoyed it what did you think for some reason six maybe it's because i was watching them back to back and uh i dozed off on six twice in fact Mm. i just watched Mm. it for the third time before we recorded tonight (laughs) because there was 20 minutes that i just missed each time um (laughs) i like the way they wrapped up pops i I liked pops funeral i thought they did a great job with that and i thought it was a great way to bring that part to an end and bring people together i love the fact that clear is not only is not just making a cameo in this series uh, yep. She is a major player, and I have a yeah. I mean, she she's easily as big in in this at the moment here anyway as she was in, in Daredevil season one. I would say bigger. Yeah, I would say um, that you know, and I've looked at the I was when I was looking up uh, whether or not uh, Rachel Taylor was uh, credited in the show. Uh, she's in. Uh, approximately uh, six or nine episodes. Oh, clear us. Yeah, so five, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, thirteen. Thirteen. She'd be in the last nine. So, hmm. um, you know, and while she, while she shows up in Daredevil and has a. Uh, uh, a role. I don't even want to call it significant because while she was in it, she wasn't in it that much, and it did. You know, she was there to stitch him up and sleep with him, and that was about it. Hmm. In this one, she seems there seems to be more to her. I mean, she's she's involved. She's helping him and Scarf get to uh, you know get to one police plaza. Uh, it looks like. She's going to be the one who finally puts together Heroes for Hire. I have a feeling she's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's her idea or their idea, whatever you want to say. But she's the one that's going to orchestrate and do the nuts and bolts of putting something like that together. Um, She wants, you know, she says she wants to do more. She wants to be involved in it. So uh, I like that they're making her some type of important character now the other thing i keep thinking is is she going to put together heroes for hire or is she going to put together the the defenders 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking there as well, yeah. It might be how that ends up putting defenders together to deal with some kind of other threat. So, um, so, so there's that, and I like the Claire character. Um, I... To an extent, you all, you know this. It feel that we know the story arc is coming to. A, I know the story arc is coming to a close. I think you know the story arc is mm. kind of coming to a close as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, where do we go from here? How do how do things change going forward? What is going to be what's going to be the last half of the series, the season? So. Uh, and just just looking at IMDb, I got a couple of quote unquote spoilers just as to who's showing up and when. Um, but uh, yeah, I like you know I liked uh, there was there was some good detective work. There was some uh, great uh, interaction between the characters. Hmm. And yeah, it's telling a good story, and it, they're not one-off episodes. They're they're integral to the entire story, and you can't say that uh, there there really hasn't been a one-off episode of this ser- of this show yet. And now we're we're almost halfway through. Um, mm. you, you know, uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. A lot of those had episodes that basically you didn't have to watch in order. They didn't move the whole the story forward. In this one, a lot happens in each issue. Things are moving forward. Characters are introduced or killed off. So if you didn't watch them in order, you would be completely screwed up. Yep. <laughs> so I, I, I like that there's a meta story going on here as well. Um you know, I love Luke Cage. Uh, Misty is starting to grow on me. Um, Claire, yeah, I, I love Claire, and I like Bobby Fish. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I really I, like him as though. Yeah, he's really cool. I, I just, I just like, you know, I cannot. I think Pop was good. It was a cool character, mm-hmm. but I think Bobby, Bobby's the more interesting of the two. Hmm. And, and watching how they deal with, with the after he, he and uh, Luke deal with the aftermath of Pop's death and start figuring out what to do uh, and it's it's really a non-hero thing you know it's hmm. you know Pop Pop provided a service to the community beyond being a barber shop it was a safe haven hmm. it was Switzerland. It was a youth uh, sanctuary, for lack of a better wor- word. Um, and see, seeing them do uh, figure out how to continue that and how to uh, what to do with the, with the space and that they need to somehow reopen, even though neither of them know how to cut here, uh, is interesting. <laughs> So, hmm. so yeah, I I like I like the series. I like that it's starting to move forward. You didn't like four. I really enjoyed four. 
just because it gave the background. And it does come back. Uh, it does play into the next episode fairly significantly. In fact, uh, it actually started playing in this episode too because when earlier in episode five, when Luke confronts Cottonmouth at the club and it takes down a few goons, that's when uh, Shades realizes that Luke is Carl Lucas. Yep. And I don't know if he tells him this episode or in uh, in, in that episode or in episode seven. I, you know, they start to blur together when you watch them, but... Uh, yeah, uh, Shades, de- Shades definitely told uh, Cottonmouth in in this ep- in these episodes. Um, they didn't Sorry. tell Luke that they knew that he was Carl Lucas, though. Right. So, uh, so that so that is going to come back, and that is going to play a factor. So, uh, yeah, it's a good it's a good series. They did a great job with it, um, and so far, um, I just like the way the story has progressed. Um, and for the most part, I've loved the effects. I just, the, the only thing I keep thinking is, uh, and, and he actually says something at some point uh, to one of uh, Cottonmouth's goons that if they shoot up another one of his hoodies or something, he's going to show him what the real Luke Cage tax is. Um, and that hmm. he's gonna Oh, it's his shirt, yeah. If they, if they wreck his shirt. Yeah, and they wreck another one of his shirts. And then in episode hmm. six, you know, uh, they're just shoot, they even shoot some type of canister at him at the end when yep, when, yep. when uh, Claire and Scarf are running away uh, he's, he stands back and kind of goes spread eagle to try and block as many bullets from getting them as possible then he turns and starts walking towards them and somebody sent, shoot, shoots some type of canister and I, for a minute I thought it might have been the Judas bu- bullet Mm. And uh, which it isn't, and uh, then he just looks at him and goes, "Now nah, you're just pissing me off," and then he takes <laughs> care of him. But you, you know, it's like, you know, uh, he, he he should talk to you know he should you know if if he does do the hero for hire thing, he should see if he can get some type of sponsorship from Under Armour or Nike or something. Uh, for hoodies, mm, because yeah. he just—he goes—he's probably gone through more hoodies than I have in my closet upstairs, <laughs> and I have hundreds of hoodies. So I—I <laughs> uh, just—I just, uh, I just yeah, I just—you could almost turn it into a drinking game. Take another shot every time yeah. Luke Luke, uh, Luke uh, trashes another hoodie. <laughs> so uh but yeah short of the the slight cheesiness of the car thing overall uh another two good episodes and, and very good very good storytelling oh yeah very very good um be interested to see what it goes next like how cottonmouth is going to be even more angry with luke cage than he already is <laughs> It's interesting. Uh, well, like I said, I saw seven. I gotta watch it again. But mm. so, uh, oh, I just saw some quote-unquote breaking news slash rumors. Mm-hmm. 
Liv Tyler supposedly returning to the MCU in Infinity War. Okay, as uh, what's her name? Betty Ross. Betty, yeah, Betty Ross. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So she's uh, obviously went. Yeah, you know Marvel that I said that I would never come back. Can I please come back? You, you, you mean like uh, what's her name? Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Yeah. <laughs> like shit, I can't get any work right now. Uh, Marvel, like, uh, you, my character's alive, isn't? Aren't they? Uh, yeah. Do you want to come back? Can I come back? Um, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> so that'd be interesting. It would be so cool to see like her try to calm down like the new Hulk, because obviously Hulk's changed a lot since we last saw her. It's that'll be ten years, <laughs> like, since uh, we last saw her interact with the Hulk. Well, they're saying that you know, uh, with uh, Thunderbolt Ross more or less coming back, that hopefully mm. that would be something too. Nice. Cool. Thunderbolt I'm Ross that. has returned in a larger role, MCU-wide spanning, uh, in a, in a larger MCU spanning role, uh, starting with Captain America: Super War, Civil War, and presumably, yeah, presumably continuing in 2018's Black Panther. So Ross is in Black Panther too. Yeah. So, and this is nice. the MCU exchange. Uh, they're saying mm. that the cast list includes Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Helmsworth, Chris Evans, Josh Brolin, Liv Tyler, and Karen Gillan. So that's for Infinity War, yeah? Yeah. So that... Okay, nice. So. Uh, we had a few tweets. Uh, first of all, Timothy Hernandez sent us Heroic Hollywood's tweet saying that the Black Widow... Hawkeye film is not likely. Mm -hmm. James, well, you know, hey. I, don't I think like, the time's passed on that one. I more interesting characters to tell the stories of now. I don't want, I, I honestly don't care about Hawkeye. A, a Hawkeye series might be interesting, but a movie, no. no. Um, a Black Widow movie? I'd be down with a Black Widow movie. Hmm. I think she's far more interesting um, than uh, Hawkeye, and can tell you can tell a great spy caper with her. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think you need uh, Hawkeye uh, involved in it. I'd rather have a standalone Black Widow or you know an A Force style movie if need be. Uh, mm -hmm. if you wanted to do something like that with the Black Widow. But I think uh, Scar Scarjo uh, just does a phenomenal Black Widow. And Hawkeye's, Hawkeye is one of my favorite Avengers. It's just he he's good as a support character only. Uh, Hawkeye solo stuff isn't all that interesting. None of it has ever been. I've read a bunch of it. And it just kind of falls under meh. He might he hmm. might be able to do a decent series, maybe. But we already have arrows, so do we need another Archer stare series? Probably not. No. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, James Warren uh, sent us the link to the James Gunn uh, Moon Knight thing, which we're all for. 
James McAvoy, Tim Hernandez said something from Heroic Hollywood. James McAvoy confirmed for New Mutants. Yeah, it's not in our uh, our universe though. True. But yeah, he's going to be in New Mutants. Is Charles Xavier? It'll be a small role, I would assume. Uh, and we already did. The, he also did the Thor. Said something on Thor. Uh, both things, including uh, Team Thor Part Two. Mm. And Paula Hardner followed us as well. So. Thank you for the follow. Thanks. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Shield this week. I'm looking, I, I expect we will be hearing a lot more news in the next few weeks. Um, on a just on a non-Marvel side note, uh, Constantine is getting an animated series on the CW. Saw that, yeah. It's uh, Matt Ryan that's playing Constantine as well. Yeah. Weird move, but okay. I mean, better than nothing. So it's cheaper to do an animated show than a full live action one, especially with the kind of effects that they need to do for that show. Yeah, and you know, the Vixen thing led to her getting a role in Le- Legends of Tomorrow. It's the wrong Vixen, mm. but what, you know, so mm. be it. Um, and I guess because we were at the 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 Justice League panel at Comic Con, mm-hmm. and, and Matt Ryan said, you know, th- there were things in the works that he couldn't talk about, and you know, anything's possible. I just didn't think it would be this, and I don't know. No. I don't know if this is the fifth series they're hinting at or not. I didn't, you know, is this the was this the next? Because they said they were going to announce a new uh, Arrowverse series. Hmm. I hope I was hoping for something live action, but okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, this just in in the last couple of hours, uh, all four DC uh, Arrowverse shows have been renewed for next year. Oh, okay, good. So just because just because we are you know we're not just Marvel fans, we are comic book t- television show fans, and we do enjoy the. Mm. Arrowverse. Just wanted to point that out as well. That was stuff that was coming up as we were talking here. So, but yeah, um, no, uh, no, no. What on Shield as of yet? No. It, CW just uh, CW renews things a lot earlier than a lot of the networks. Hmm. So, and they've never have they ever renewed uh, Shield early. Did they renew it? Uh, they they have renewed it. Yeah, it was before the. Uh, it was before the season finished. Anyway, definitely. Okay, that that would be the first time they did that then, because usually we're, you and I are always wondering up until the last minute. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, with the numbers it has right now, I don't want to know. Because I think I know the answer <laughs> if they did it right now. Um, mm. You know, hopefully uh, the hype builds, the and they're able to, uh, and uh, the LMD story picks up viewers. I don't think it will, but uh, hopefully it does. <laughs> if, if you can't get people mm. to watch the show with Ghost Rider as your tagline, LMD doesn't 
doesn't uh, no. generate viewers because 99% of the people don't even know what LMD is. 60% are going to know yep. that the Ghost Rider was two horrible Nick Cage movies. <laughs> it might scare people away, actually. But, um, so, some people probably were bummed when the Nick Cage didn't show up. <laughs> mm, so, yeah, oh, well, yeah. But, all right. Uh, Andy, when we're not renegotiating your contract, where can people find you? <laughs> You can find me trying to get out of my contract with Ali every Tuesday on 42 Level 1. Uh, we talk about... <laughs> we talk Dude, about it, it's uh, amazing. I, I, just, I throw these things at you completely off the cuff, and you come up with a response every time. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we talk about movies, TV shows, and mainly video games. Uh, we broadcast live on allgames.com every Tuesday, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time. And you can find all our episodes on allgames.com as well as Stitcher and iTunes. And I can be found Tuesday nights as well, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on allgames.com with the beat, or 9 p.m. Eastern, yeah, on allgames.com on the B Team podcast with my co host. Sean, yeah, wrong show, damn it. Uh, (laughs) The B-Team is 9 p.m. Eastern on allgames.com with myself, Ryan, Fred, and Eli. And uh, we're recording episode 399 this week. And next week is our epic 400th episode, and it's going to be our Game of the Year award show, a.k.a. the Ball Gaggies. And usually this uh, involves many uh, guests. Hopefully, Andy, of course, you are always welcome on B-Team, as you know. We would love to have you join us that night. Um, Mm. And usually feelings are hurt, people get pissed, uh, and there's uh, violent, loud arguments as we disagree with people's uh, top tens and choices. It's always a good time. It's also an epic long show. It's almost as long as an episode of 42 Level 1. Uh, yeah. <laughs> almost. And then you can find me Thursday nights, 9 p.m. on allgames.com with Knuckleballer Radio with my sometime co-host, Sean, Normie, and Eli. Usually at least one of them shows up to talk to me. Usually. <laughs> This week, uh, it was Chip and Eli up in smoke, too. Okay. (laughs) Actually, it's the Chip, Eli, and Tiger Claw show. Good God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Check it out. We have a good time with that as well. Well, thank you guys for listening, downloading. Please go leave us reviews on iTunes. We will read them on the air. Good, bad, or indifferent. Haven't mentioned that in a while. We will be back next week with two episodes at some point. Plus, we still got the slingshot one shot to do at some point. Uh, so keep an eye out on the feed. They will be up as soon as we can schedule them. Uh, so until then, always forward, forward always. See you next week. Night, guys. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with a triumphant comeback. But tonight...